The thing about social media is it was meant to be this great connector, bringing people together no matter where they were in the world. It's changed so many times since then, and it's actually changing all the time. You know that, I know you know that. I tell you about it every week on Social and Six. But what that's meant is what was supposed to be this great connector is actually causing disconnect between the different groups using it. People, creators, and especially brands. So many brands are lost in the sea of same. They, they can't cut through the noise. They're just fighting for attention. So how do brands reach the right people, then keep reaching them, and build connections that matter, then keep building and strengthening them, even as social keeps changing? Well, today is a bit of a different episode because I've got three guests joining me who together can tell the story of a solution to those questions. Joining me are three of Social Chain's best and brightest minds. We have Rick Hayes, Group Strategy Director, Tom Bellamy, Executive Creator Director, and our Group CEO, Pete Metcalf. Rick, welcome to Social Minds. Thank you very much. Obviously, we are just off the back of our Social Minds live event. And in it, we heard from some incredible brands all about their take on the theme of the day, overcoming the disconnect. But for the brands listening um, at home who weren't at the event, I want to hear from you, like from a strategic standpoint, how would you define that disconnect? Yeah, so we got interested in the disconnect over the past few years, really, when we kind of noticed two different types of stories being told about social in general. You had a story being told in broader society about social, and you had a story that the advertising industry was telling itself about social. And there was a tension between those that was really interesting to us. For example, you've got things like attention. Advertising was talking about social media as a, a low attention space, for example, whereas in broader society, the talk was around, you you know, how uh, attentive the space was, almost how engaging it is. Was it too engaging? Are people doom scrolling? Do we need to detox from the space, etc.? So there was a real contrast and just a disconnect in the narrative and a, a similar one around effectiveness as well. Whereas in society, the conversation seemed to be around the dramatic impact of social media on people and their lives. And in advertising, there was a struggle to try and prove the effectiveness of social media and wasn't having any kind of impact how was it working so it started at a really quite a broad level of you know this disconnecting narratives and then when we started looking at it in more detail we could start to see the actual practical disconnect for marketers if you like is this idea of social as a marketing channel within your mix versus social as a context and a space within which people live their lives. So what I mean by that is every day now people are interacting with each other, with businesses, with services, using social as that kind of space for that to happen. So we kind of think of it as people almost living in social. And as part of that, they're having amazing experiences you know they're having really rich experiences and their expectation of those experiences get kind of spread across everything so when a brand shows up and doesn't deliver on those kind of experiences then there's a huge disconnect with how they're showing up in people's lives and that's causing us to kind of have a, a rethink about how you approach the space with all the tools that advertisers have kind of grown up on so i want to talk more about the the impact of it because obviously there's a lot of problems or challenges that marketers and brands face all the time, um, you know, at various levels of their, their operations. Um, but, you know, we, we've selected this theme for a reason. Why do you think this was the issue to tackle? Why is it the most pressing one? Why is it the one that we chose to address? 
I think it's the biggest one because it's got the most value if we get it right, I suppose. And, and this idea of the the opportunity that lives in social, of, of thinking of it as a, again, not as a specific channel to do a specific thing, but as a, a space with which we can communicate and, and use people and connect with people in a, in a much richer ways. I think that the opportunity on the flip side of that is, is absolutely huge. So obviously at the event we heard you know from from different brands talking about different definitions of disconnect so you know the disconnect between brands and their audience between um, agencies uh, and their partners and between creators uh, as well but i want to know why you think you know what what's causing brands to be disconnected from uh, their their audience and then how i guess that's impacting creative effectiveness especially as it pertains to advertising on social i think it's a mindset to start with I think you might like this because I think it's a lot of it's in the wording of of how we approach there the we space go. so it's all about <laughs> copywriting is the, is the answer to that Eve. Uh, no it's <laughs> I guess it's kind of like advertising creep to some degree um, advertising specific technique within a whole toolkit that we've got we tend to approach social through the, just the lens of advertising and I think what that disregards is actually the way the space works so for example yes it is um, a media space that we can distribute messaging through 100%. But the bit that we sometimes miss or or a key bit that the advertisers can miss is that it's built on a network and within that network there are rules of success that aren't necessarily the same as what we've experienced before. For example, if you're part of the network, your success relies on how you add value to that network. And if you're not adding value to the network, then you're polluting the network to some degree. So I think that's a slightly different mind shift than when you go in with an idea of this is a space for me to create and distribute messaging at scale. So it's a different kind of take on some of the, the tools that we've used before, I think. Well, it's quite easy, I guess, from um, from our standpoint to to look at what brands may be doing right or wrong. But obviously, you know, by, by the time this episode is out, the event isn't the only thing that's happened. We've also had our rebrand. And then, you know, for, for that to happen, we've had to look at how, you know, agencies um, can also look to evolve, can also look to improve and how we can better serve the brand so that they can better serve their audiences. So imagine for a minute that your client is agencies at scale how would you identify our disconnect problem and and what the solutions uh, would be there essentially we've got we've got what we need it's more about how we apply what we need for example and this might sound a little bit um uh, pedantic but i think we start by not thinking of social strategy and I think we take a step out of that and think of strategy as a methodology that can be applied to social. And the reason why I think that's important for ages in particular is because when you start thinking of the core tenets of strategy, you start to anchor yourselves to a lot of things that will make a difference. For example, first thing you think about is customer orientation. So people become the first thing that you think about in the space. My observations of, of jumping into social with agencies is that there could be too much attention applied to what's going on at a platform level. Yeah, it gets too functional. It goes too functional yeah. and, and that's important because if you're continuously focused on winning on platform and, and trying to game algorithms and understand that, I'm not saying there's not a place for that, but you very quickly can start to erode your, your brand difference and erode what social is contributing uniquely to your brand. For example, you do get lots of brands kind of starting to sound the same on certain platforms yeah. because that worked for a while. So I think the first thing is you take a step back from that and you think of it from a, a, a strategic methodology, you think actually, you know, who are we trying to engage and how do we add value to them? And that's the bit, that's the first big 
kind of unlock on that. I think the the second thing that agencies can do is go back to the principles that we know. There is solid marketing effectiveness out there. There's marketing science out there. Those are true. They're anchor points that we can use. And obviously, the opportunities in social are to try and find new ways of articulating them or delivering against them. Yeah. For example, you know, we know scale is hugely important. We know, um, you know, connecting with lots of um, lighter shoppers, lighter customers and penetration, hugely important. Don't throw that out the window because we're in social. Don't start thinking of new things to do. But think about how does social help us drive scale in that way? For example, there's an interesting spin around the role of relevance. You know, can you make things emotionally relevant, contextually relevant, or functionally relevant so that they catch fire, get shared, and build the scale that you want? So things like that take you to quite interesting areas, but it's core to an agency's toolkit. It's not new news, marketing effectiveness. And then I suppose the third bit would be around embracing measurement, which again is an observation, um, which I'm happy to be challenged on, in social has probably got more um, areas of development to go than in other spaces that, that I've worked in before, that, that some of it's genuinely harder to measure. But certainly to embrace that challenge and start to look at how you can measure what it's doing against some of your core strategic pillars rather than the outputs of social as a whole. So exposure, brilliant, engagement rate, brilliant. But engagement rate against what particular outcome were you trying to do versus engagement against something else or engagement as a general uh, output. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of the, the sentiment lately is to can impressions as a metric. What do you, what do you feel about that? Yeah, I think... Um, Media value has something in, in that, though. You know, if you look to at kind of PR scores, for example, earned media and earned exposure, uh, I think it's got a value. So whether it's can it or recontextualize it is the, is the question. What we're doing more and more of is understanding a particular job that we want social to do for our audience, for our clients. And then aligning metrics like exposure or or reach or engagement rate and aligning them to that. So you have a comparison. It's not just general exposure. It's yeah. not just general impressions or a general media currency. It actually has a specific strategic value to what we're trying to deliver. Yeah, it gives it more context. Yeah, I want to push you a bit more on something you touched on a minute ago. On the people before platforms point, you said it's not to say there is no place for platforms. What are we what are we defining that place to be now if that functional element and getting more into executions and you know thinking about still being socially native, if there's a ratio split, what would you say it is between people and platforms? I think it's less ratio split and more where you start from. Yeah. And and for us, understanding the roles that platforms play hugely important, but understanding the roles they play within a person's or an audience's life, mm. uh, and specifically how they use those platforms to navigate a customer journey or navigate a category. You can take the inherent characteristics of a particular platform, but you can start to flex them in, in particular ways depending on what you're trying to do, rather than what we're trying to move away from is the, the default, this platform is used to insert yeah. use here because that changes all the time that changes all well. the time look at tiktok for example this mm. platform is used to entertain is it partly yeah but it's also used as a massive discovery engine and it's used as a huge place to find your community yeah it's used for so many things yeah. so we can use it for so many things that add value to people which is what yeah. we keep bringing it back to so it's not saying that that's not an important part it's a huge 
huge part mm -hmm. of it but it's just more the lens that you come in on and i think that's the point is yeah. depending on the lens you approach the space is the value you get out yeah. of the space so understanding what people are using them for tiktok's a great example because for you know it started as video platform and for example when they brought in photo carousels get all the media publications or like the social news um you know coverage being like why are they moving into photos when their thing uh, is video? But I think the platforms know this very well, obviously what people come to their platforms to um, to do and what they use it for. And it is just that broader like creativity. They want to be entertained. They like memes. Memes can come in all shapes and sizes. So it's being more accepting um, of that, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, and, and the how you tap into those, so the style of the work that you put out, the role of people, not just as an audience, but people as uh, a community that you're collaborating with, to make the content, to help distribute what you're trying to do, to help build relevance within communities. So the, the people become much more important both as an audience, but also as a as a partner in the process to some degree. Okay. If that's if that's our like line of thinking on what disconnect is, again for our lovely listeners at home, what solution or piece of advice can you give them now that they could easily implement um, you know, going away over the next week to try and better that disconnect for themselves? I would start uh, by banging the drum of audience. So get really clear on, on audiences. You'll have probably demographic splits and segments of audiences. The first thing we would look to do is crack open a motivation for them and try and tap into that. That allows us to get kind of the scale that you need for, for media to work, for example, but it also the relevance that you need for social to work because you're trying to attract people and be relevant to them. So think of motivation, really useful framework we use as, as old as you like is then customer journey it. You know, plug that in, understand the role of social against that motivation, but plug it into a customer journey and start to think, how might that flex? What different kind of things would I need to do at each stage? Prioritize those stages. And already from there, you're starting to build a really unique way of using social and using platforms that are aligned to your business. You shouldn't be able to give that to any other brand, for example. It should be unique to you. So I definitely start there. Um, I would look at getting as close as I can if I'm in a, a social team to the marketing team. There can be an internal disconnect where social is its own space, its own thing. I work really hard to try and plug into that because social connects to so many other, other channels to start with, both media channels and marketing channels. And then the last thing is, is measurement. I'd just I'd get into measurement as much as we can. And even if we can't draw a direct link between points, try and at least build an agreed narrative with other stakeholders that goes from social outputs to what people are getting out of it, the value, to what the final business brand outcomes might be. And if you can draw that narrative, you can start to build business cases for more investment into the space, etc. So that's that's the the ones I do. If I could get them to kind of line up as three things that all start with the same letter, that would make it even better. But I will. <laughs> like the uh, three P's. It's always three P's or three C's. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah, the yeah. only letters that yeah. exist in index. <laughs> Don't know why. But absolutely. There you have it. Sound advice from our strategy superstar. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Right, from strategy to the other side of the coin, creative. Hi. I've now got our executive creator director, Tom Bellamy, in the hot seat opposite me. And Tom, you were integral to the Social Chain rebrand. And sort of the beautiful external branding aside, a big part of that was an internal rebrand, if you will, of the creative team, our team, your team, my team. So we've said goodbye to creatives and we've said hello to creators. We absolutely have. I want to know, what do you think creators can do that creatives can't? It's a really good question. And I think it's about, 
It's about how we frame creativity within an agency. I think if we look at how creative agencies have been structured, it's it's pretty much the same sort of story for the last well, almost 100 years. And it's a tried and tested method, so it works. And it has worked, or at least it's worked really well up until about 10 years ago when we saw the emergence of this new thing called social. And 10 years ago, we didn't know what it was. We didn't know how it operated. And even still today, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing and, and reforming on a weekly basis. So if we look at the agencies that have thrived so far um, over the last sort of few decades, they have a very rigid structure. And I don't feel it works anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for the type of work that we see coming through the agency. It doesn't work for the ambitions that we set out. We need more flexibility built into who we are and what we do. So we created the creators. We created a creator department. We took away the pillars that prevented us from sharing knowledge. We took away the barriers that prevented us from truly collaborating. I think collaboration is a really interesting word. It's used a lot these days, almost as agency bingo. You know, we're collaborators. Oh, yeah, tick. You have to truly embrace it these days. You have to believe in it and lean into it. We have to operate as one. I think if you think of what we do in a poetic way, if you think about what we do as this grand, big dance, it's an orchestrated, well-rehearsed, choreographed dance. It has to work seamlessly. We all have to find our sort of way or our part to play in it. Um, and when it does, it, it just looks seamless. It, it just, it becomes more powerful when when you have it set up in that way. Mm. You say you notice the change from obviously all the, the big agencies like your Ogilvy's, your Saatchi and Saatchi's have been doing the same thing for the longest and then social media has come along and it's changed what we had to do, I think, because there are so many different parts to social. It's not like when you're putting an advert on a billboard outside, you know that it has to be a certain format, a certain type of, of media. But because there's so many different types of media on social, do you think that's created a need for creators who you know aren't just one-trick ponies? Absolutely. If you look at traditional, uh, traditional marketing types, if you look at TV, press, radio, they haven't seen significant change in 60, 70 longer years the output is predetermined it's already defined mm. if you look at what does social look like you you can't say what it looks like it it's always constantly reshaping and it's reforming around culture it's mm. reforming around the people that drive culture so we have to stay nimble we have to stay somewhat sort of amorphous and fluidic we have to have that that nimble nature about what we do and how we approach problems so that we can answer them in the best way per week per month per year depending on how social moves what do you make of specialist business models like specialist uh, agencies and consultancies like not just a TikTok specialist agency, perhaps, but even more granular than that, like a talent specialist agency. Do you think then they'll sort of run into a problem? Do you think they can last? Or um, do brands need specialists today? It's another really great question. I can only answer it, I guess, from my perspective. And it, it reminds me of the quote, jack of all trades. Mm. So jack of all trades, master of none. Mm. That is often used and thrown out to describe someone or or something that, that doesn't focus and likes to spread out. But what people don't fully realize is that is half a quote. 
and it's being used in the wrong way. So when you look at the full quote, it's jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than one. So the full quote is about spreading out your skill sets. It's about being genuinely curious about the world around you. It's about not having one specialism, but having multiple different parts of you, different factors that make up who you are and how you approach life, how you approach a problem. I think when we do that, we are better as a whole, as an agency. And it sort of reminds me as well that you see a lot on LinkedIn, people turn up as social specialists. There's a guru for, for absolutely There's anything a guru. on LinkedIn. I reject the premise. Mm. There is no such thing as a social specialist. I have worked in social media for 15 years. I've worked across some of the biggest brands in the world and I've done some really high profile campaigns. I'm sorry, I'm not a social specialist. If you put me and Rick together in a room, we're starting to get there. Mm. If it's me, Rick and yourself in a room, we're one step closer. When you start to bring an entire agency together, that's when I can hand on heart say, we're social specialists. And it's that diversity. It's that mix of different talents. It's that mixture of different passions and uh, different points of view that create us, that create that specialist. I want to touch on just one thing that you mentioned there, which I think is a really interesting part of it, is this idea that, you know, like we might have our specialisms, but I don't just have one thing that I'm good at, or I really bloody well hope not. But if I look at the makeup of, of our team, of the people we work with every day, each of us has a couple of things that we're good at and, you know, more than one strength. And even though there's obviously like a couple of main things or maybe one main thing that we, we can bring to the table, that there, there there's more than that to us. And I think it's the giving us, uh, you know, the freedom to, to flex those things. That's my opinion. But... On behalf of, you know, anyone <laughs> listening, this is a relatively novel concept. It's part of why it's so exciting. So you have to, you know, assume that some people are going to have questions to the tune of if everyone's trying their hand at multiple different things, where do you draw the line? And when does it start being, you know, quantity over quality? Because arguably there are only a couple of skills or so many skills that you can master. And I'm, I'm saying that in quote marks that maybe you don't have to master it, but just be, you know, good enough at that's a really interesting question, actually. I think that it sort of goes back onto my last point of the, the agency is a whole. It's a collection, a collective of these individuals. I don't think there's an expectation that on any one person to be to have that expertise across the board. Yeah. But what we wanted to do is just break down the barriers that stop us from experiencing those different parts of what we do and to sort of expand creativity across the board bring it into different jobs that don't necessarily have it in its in their title or or those that don't necessarily get to flex those ideas as much as uh, as others but but ultimately it's it's the responsibility of everyone to carry that creativity throughout the agency it lets you move with social as well because as we sort of said before it's not a static like media placement like a billboard is what we have to do for it is Absolutely. also changing so makes sense that we do as well. Um, but I want to talk more about the sort of creator behavior side of things, because 
a lot of the conversations that we've had on this podcast with brands is there's a recognition there that they should start behaving more like creators, but mostly in terms of you know how in tune they are with their audience. And a lot of that comes down to the fact creators have less red tape than brands. Um, let's be honest, like more freedom to be less accountable to, to fewer people. But for the brands who want to behave more like creators on social, what would your advice be on how to pull this off or start pulling it off even for I don't know more more bloated businesses that have more of that red tape it's tricky it's tricky um it's why you might come to a social specialist agency (laughs) there it is but um what I would say is I think for me there are sort of there are guiding principles that we we try to align ourselves with and you can see it in the work or you can feel it in the work it's not always so obvious but for example, the, the first one probably talks about truly understanding who it is you're talking to and understanding how you're showing up. You're, you're not necessarily in competition with other brands on social. You're in competition with other content mm-hmm. on social. So above and below you in the feed, that's what you're in competition with. You're in competition with a funny cat. You're in competition with your favorite sports team that you want to look at and your ad is sandwiched in between these. You have to understand that. You have to acknowledge that. And you have to do your best to show up in an authentic way. What do I mean by authentic? Well, you have to understand where people are in their lives. You have to understand the person, not just the platform, not just the type of media it is you're using to converse with someone. Um, And that is how we start to bring authenticity to life. Point two, you probably have to have complete faith in your brand tone of voice. You have to understand how to utilize it. I think we've evolved social tone of voice into something that lives apart from the rest of the brand almost. If you think you have a tone of voice, then you have to hand on heart say, right, you have to be able to use this in a conversation for 10 minutes. Go. Mm-hmm. Most people have a tone of voice that is right for a press ad, a sentence, maybe a sentence, maybe a paragraph if you're really pushing it. But if you have to flex that, you have to be prepared. So you have to know who you as a brand are. The next part, I think, is a really tricky hurdle to overcome. Have an opinion. As a brand, what is your opinion on XYZ? Because we're in competition with creators and they have nothing but opinions and they're happy to share them and we love and respect that. We may disagree, but even in disagreement, you see something. There's a conversation starter there. I think a lot of brands are so afraid of upsetting their audience Mm. that they don't actually share with their audience. So true. And actually on that, I know we heard from Ryanair at the event, one of the things they do exceptionally well is they understand that audiences absolutely love it when brands do something that we think they shouldn't do or when they when we see something from a brand that we think who's let them do that like marketing team go off we shouldn't be allowed to do that it's uh you get you get that pat on the back from them and enough of those pats on the back i think starts to build a brand i think that people are worried that they're going to upset everyone Mm -hmm. the problem is they don't realize that their audience is very rarely everyone So don't worry about it. (laughs) If you're talking to uh, a skateboarding audience, don't worry if you don't talk about bikes. You're talking about skating culture. If you're talking about a specific travel route as an airline, 
then you don't necessarily need to please everyone. It's the people that might be in market for that. I think it's just about understanding who it is you're talking to, when you're talking to them, and how you hold that conversation. Yeah, definitely. One last question to round up then. I know, obviously, I think it's safe to say we've moved first, but with this creative to creator model, do you think there's going to be an industry-wide shift upcoming? If if this is the, the problem that needs solving, you have to hope that other people, other businesses will start to um, recognize that and sort of uh, move to, to suit. And if that does happen, what do you foresee the impact being on creative effectiveness in advertising? It's a tricky one to answer because it's all about hypothesis. Mm. Um, do we know where social is going to go? Nobody knows where social is going to go. It's Like I said, it's driven by culture. It changes on a daily basis. What we do know is that marketing is probably facing its toughest competition ever. And that competition is coming in the form of an entire generation who are switched on to the fact that they can have ideas of their own. They can capture those ideas and convey them in really interesting ways. And they can publish those ideas to millions of people and they can do it in a day. And they can start building products and empires around those ideas. And they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they have this power. It's in the it's in their back pocket. It's in my pocket right now. It's in my hand. It's in your hand. They know it. <laughs> this is our true competition. This is ultimately who we are going to be pitching against. It's not going to be agency against agency. It's going to be agency against creators unless we embrace that collaboration. Truly embrace what it is to work with, work alongside, work as a creator. That's when we're going to truly understand how it works, unlock the potential of this new world. And I think if you're not prepared to do so, you're probably going to get left behind. A classic Tom Bellamy truth bomb there. What a way for you to finish. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Last but certainly not least, I have our CEO, Pete Metcalf, sitting across from me now. Um, not for the first time on Social Minds. This is your second time in the hot seat. Indeed, but look at our surroundings now. Not in a little cupboard on my own. Exactly. Always evolving, always improving, and we'll get on to that. But without aging myself too much, I, in November, will have been at Social Chain for six years. And in that time, there's been a couple of evolutions, right? And see, even like today from, from two years ago today, the business looks a lot a lot different um, than, than what it did. But I think because it, we're a business that deals in social, which is always evolving, it makes sense that, that we do as well. So what do you think our latest evolution tells us about the state of the industry that, that we operate in? Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, when I walked into the business 18 months ago, you know, you could see that, there'd been a significant amount of change over a short period really in the, mm. in the kind of lifespan of a, of a business. And a lot of that was really positive and enabled us to react to the industry, which was moving fast as well. Um, but some of that meant that we, it wasn't sustainable. You know, we, we'd yeah. made decisions quickly, which led to, you know, short term success. And I think actually that's indicative of the industry in many ways, you know, a new algorithm, a new platform, a new something, mm. a new person. It's just quick win, quick yeah, win. Yeah. And it's win. like, okay, let's, let's go after that. And let's talk to clients about it, which is really interesting when clients want to well, it's the classic kind of FOMO marketing. Isn't yeah, it? shiny yeah. new toy. Yeah. Saw it with like the metaverse. So it's like, what is this? Exactly. Which, you know, now we, we don't go into client pitches yeah. now and bang on about NFTs much. Yeah. 
um, unless they ask us, obviously. But I think the point being is that, you know, we needed to, to pause for breath and we needed to kind of reevaluate what we wanted to look like for the longer term. And actually, you know, that is something that I feel like the industry is doing generally now. So when you really think about, you know, how would I summarize that? I think the truth is, I think it was time for us to, to grow up. And, and what does that mean? It means that social is now table stakes, you know, whether it's best practice, whether it's significance of budget within the marketing mix, whether it's the people who are now influential in the businesses that we and the brands that we that we work with, you know, everyone knows it's table stakes. So what that means for our proposition and for the industry at large is to create something that I think can adapt because there will be more changes but is sustainable and I think when you look at our, our kind of new rebrand and value proposition and what we've we've done it is reflective of that and you know we will get to it a little bit more I'm sure in the future but the thing that really excites me is you know at the core of every agency is the people and where we're building towards with our, our, our value proposition is and allowing the perfect blend of, of those people that have been, you know, in feeds, in FYPs, are really focused on social, which we've always been renowned for. You know, 10 years next year as a social agency, it's pretty impressive, right? Mm. You know, it, it's, it's, we are one of the original social agencies. That will never leave our, our heritage, will never leave us in terms of bringing those people through. But blending that with, people that come in and really understand the core principles of audience, marketing, communication, that is how we grow up. Yeah? And that is where we're taking the business. Yeah. And I think that's where the industry is going. Yeah, it's like Rick said um, earlier, those principles haven't changed. I think but we, we stopped maybe applying them, uh, thinking of social as this completely new thing or new part of the puzzle. Um, but yeah, the, those principles still apply. Um, but one of my my favorite things about the the new rebrand and the new sort of operational look at it is we've made the chain and social chain actually mean something, yeah. right? So it's not just a, a cool name anymore. It's always been a cool name, <laughs> but there, there are different parts in this chain, right? Different links in this chain. And all of those have been sort of painstakingly chosen to really reflect what we think or what we know the brands and the clients that we work with actually need. So can you explain a little bit about what those links are and how they work together to do what they need to do for brands? Yeah, so look, I think beyond just social chain and, and the name that there was there was valid meaning in that when we when we were kind of conceived as an agency it was about the communities that we, we were built out of and actually that was before we were an agency we were a, we were a collection of communities so it was how we linked the those communities together in a chain that that had a a kind of material impact on businesses when we moved to an agency it kind of changed meaning every week i'm sure <laughs> as you just mentioned before yeah. like lots of change I think when we set about looking at what it means to us, the first thing to do was to kind of reflect the mirror the other way, stop navel gazing and thinking about what it means to us and what it means to our clients. And the beauty of that was we started to basically understand that unlike businesses that work in social that do move on to the next thing and change, we kind of had the full picture, which enabled us to really think, well, what is that? Well, that's building a social chain for a brand. And the beauty of that actually, maybe a little bit counter to what you, you said, is that every brand's social chain is different, right? And, and it means that you could come to us with a different challenge or opportunity in one part of that, whether it be influencer, or you could come another opportunity on another part, whether it be something like, you know, massive production content brief. However, you know, I think we need to cut through that a little bit and, and be clear in terms of what we mean. So 
if I were to summarize it, that there's five key areas. There's there's how distinctive you are making your brand in the world of social. I think we've we talked a lot in the event about the disconnect and how brands show up in that disconnect. A lot of that is about distinctiveness. There's scale in front of the audiences that you should be in front of. And that scale doesn't have to always mean, you know, significant scale at a broad level, but in the right areas. So, you know, if you are going to be distinct, how do you do that at scale? There's then, how do you make that engaging? You know, the, the antithesis to the disconnect is connecting. So you yeah. have to make it engaging and you have to say something that actually resonates with that audience. I think then it, it moves on to accountability. Keep me honest, I'm on four, I think out of the five, but it moves on to accountability. And that is again, mainly about impact measurement, you know, being accountable to what we deliver and what it actually means for the brand. You know, I think we are all very familiar with the kind of high five campaigns gone out, reach was big, so what? So I think that accountability of what you're doing, and that goes the other way, you know, accountability to be meaningful to that audience. And then I think, I think finally, it's the word that I've already used for us as an agency and make it sustainable. Yeah. You know, if, we, if we're dealing in a, in a, in a grown up marketing ecosystem, we can't just be the ones that do something cool once and then fade away, like it has to be sustainable. And I think that every brand that are wrangling with social right now would have that that challenge. So I think, you know, if I were to summarize it, that's what we talk about across the five areas. But the beauty of it is it's, it's completely malleable, like from one client to the next, I'll have a different social chain. And that's why we love where, where we're going to take that. Yeah, a lot in that and all really good stuff. Let's just run down those key five points are. Yeah, so the first one's distinctiveness, second one's scale, third one's engaging, fourth one's accountable, and the fifth one is sustainable. Okay, we talk about the event from from all the brands and you know the topics that, that we heard about. It's a big meaty topic and we touched on this a bit with Rick, this idea of disconnect can be applicable like we've seen to you know multiple different areas. Um, depending on what you know your your area of expertise is, whether you're a brand, whether you're a platform, whether you're a creator or an agency, um, but it feels really obvious that everyone's dealing with it in some uh, in some capacity. But if there was one thing that you'd want people to take away from that message, from from the day, or from you know the the reason that we've sort of chosen that as an issue to tackle, what would it be? Ultimately, the, there's there's three key takeouts for me. The, the first one is how we look at that connection to make content that's meaningful and I think you know that the Ryanair talk was really really focused on um that and I think meaningful is my new word instead of saying authentic by the way because okay. everyone says authentic so you probably get like six the months before in. I start to that one starts to get tiresome Tom did something brilliant before where he said the word but immediately said well what do I mean by that yeah it's preempting me I like to, I always, meaningful is a good one yeah you're like my um human thesaurus so like as long as you 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 kind of veto that one I'm, I'm gonna keep on using it i'll allow it i'll allow it um so yeah i think that's a big one you know making sure that 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 it feels meaningful and and i think the other one that's massive and it came through as a, as a theme consistently across all the talks really was the creator economy and mm. actually if you're going to connect in a meaningful way and tom talked about it, you you've got to take cues from you know how creators are doing that and actually live and breathe that breathe yeah. that world and and become part of that world stop underestimating them as well i think competition's fierce totally and i think you know the thing that i love about our creative model is that we can take talent that not only can create within the business, but know how to collaborate with creators outside of the business. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the beauty of 
the creator economy. It, it, it means it keeps you honest, but it means that, you know, someone in their bedroom can decide where you take a brand's whole brand creative forward which like is maybe a bit nuts but and i'm stretching a point to make a point but you know that that's what excites me about it so mm. i think you know the, the first one is definitely like connecting content in a meaningful way the second one is the creator economy and the influence that creators have on that you know we heard from the sidemen we heard from pinterest on that and i think the final thing which is a big one to finish on is you know what is clear is that social has accelerated a generational disconnect. And while I'm not sitting here saying that I'm about to solve that problem today, did make me reflect on, on the responsibility that we have. And actually, you know, if we're gonna talk about overcoming the disconnect, we have to take that responsibility seriously. And I know what it's made me feel is that I will go back into the business and, and think about how we can get uh, more serious about that. Um, so yeah, I think I think they would be my takeaways. I think the one thing I want to say is it was just a phenomenal event, and you know, thanks so much to all our speakers, our wonderful host who sat next to me, um, and you know, I can't wait to do another one because I think that there's so much more territory to go out. There's so much more conversation to continue. Um, so yeah, just really excited about it. Me too. Lots to be excited about that we've talked about today. Um, and a big shout out to producer Mike, also a big help. Um, I, think he's, yeah. I think he can sleep now, just about. <laughs> he's smiling, <laughs> smiling and nodding. Um, but yeah, thank you so much um, no, for you. chatting as always. And yeah, really exciting stuff. Hopefully everyone listening at home will have had a chance to see the rebrand. If not, get on our socials, get on LinkedIn, have a look because we're really proud of it. I'm really happy to share it with you all at last.